Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Millsoff, features editor at Billboard and Broadway fan here. So like many great works of art, plenty of Broadway musicals that are considered classics or among the genre's best are not necessarily totally perfect from start to finish. I have had on the podcast some shows that have gorgeous scores that stand the test of time, but maybe their plots in this day and age feel like they could use a little update, uh, particularly with reference to things involving gender politics, I'll just say. Uh, My Fair Lady is a great example. Um, Soon I will have the new production of Oklahoma on the podcast, uh, which is currently getting a very distinctive reimagining and update uh, on Broadway. And this week I have the much-beloved Cole Porter musical Kiss Me Kate. This is a show that was first produced in the late 1940s, and it has become one of the most revived musicals since then for good reason. It is a totally pristinely constructed musical comedy. It has an alternately hilarious and poignant score by one of the most clever composer-lyricists of all time, Cole Porter. Every time I hear his music, I can't believe it was composed such a long time ago. The the jokes just feel like they were written yesterday. Um, And it has the kind of roles that actors at the top of their game uh, can really bite into. It also has a plot that in this moment can maybe feel a little bit problematic. It is really a show within a show about the theatrically bickering exes Lily and Fred, who I would say are both kind of prima donnas, um, who are portraying Catherine and Petruchio in a traveling production of Shakespeare's The Taming of the Shrew. Catherine is, of course, the titular shrew whose independent spirit must essentially be squashed so that she can marry the man who can finally control her. And at the play's end, she sort of bemoans being a member of the so-called weaker sex. So that's not an easy story to tell in contemporary times. But the new production of Kiss Me Kate, through some changes both subtle and more concrete, and also through the stellar central performances of Will Chase as Fred and Petruchio and Kelly O'Hara as Lily and Catherine, feels like it rises to the challenge and ends up as a musical that's both thought-provoking and refreshing and not eyebrow-raising instead. If you're a Broadway fan, the idea merely of seeing Will and Kelly on stage together is just like almost too good to be true. They are two of contemporary musical theater's top talents, period. 
names that inspire worship among some of us. Uh, So I was really thrilled to have them on the podcast this week, along with someone who I think is really one of the young rising stars to watch on Broadway right now, Corbin Blue. You may know him best as an alum of Disney's High School Musical, but he has really been proving uh, lately that he is a leading man in the making when it comes to song and dance, and he plays the flirtatious tap-dancing Jim Calhoun in the show. I am Corbin Blue, and I play Bill Calhoun and Lucentio. I'm Kelly O'Hara. I play Lily Vanessi and Kate. I'm Will Chase. I play Fred and Petruchio. Intriguing. It's it's funny to hear you refer to yourself as having two roles because I find that I re- I think I just thought of them as one. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are playing two roles on stage, but I didn't. Th- I th- thought of them as being just like completely bound together in a way. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I think we think of them differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the shows are laid on top of each other to match in a certain way, in a kind of interesting uh, way. But I think we we did some a little bit of thought process to kind of pull them apart a little bit if we could. I, I, I think we're doing well, apparently. We yes. well. The, <laughs> right. the yeah. acting is so wonderful that everything is just seamlessly women. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and there's there's even more characters within that, because even when I think about when we do we open in Venice. Yeah. Those characters right. aren't they're even. Just players. They're, they're just, just players. They're not players. I, I don't yeah. even. I haven't really come up with a name <laughs> for my player. <laughs> strolling player. We should have little. We should have. We should have names for our strolling players. Strolling player yeah. one. So. Strolling player two. Yeah. <laughs> I want a player seven. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of strolling occurs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this show is like one of those shows that I leave and I just say it was a delight. Um, And uh, but it's it's so cool, first of all, to see it in a space like Studio 54, because I feel like it just immediately helps kind of make it feel a little more modern and make us think of the present. Like as Mm. we're watching it, Mm -hmm. um, I guess the past as well being Studio 54. But um, it's I feel like the theater I see a show and I'm not always as aware of the space as Mm -hmm. I am there. Like Mm -hmm. as actors, does that kind of affect you at all? I, you know, it's f- funny. I don't even think about it in terms like that. But having done a couple shows in there, you've done a couple shows. Mm-hmm. Have you done? No, I've never. This? I've only have concerts. It's an intimate space in my head. But then you look up at during curtain call, and that that, that mezzanine keeps going and going. But it mm-hmm. feels intimate, and it feels lived in. But mm-hmm. it feels like this belongs there. It, you know what I mean? A theater piece about a theater piece. It mm-hmm. feels like it belongs in that space. And yeah. even the, I mean, even the history of the theater itself, because it wasn't it originally an opera house, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. then turned into Studio Fifty Four. Studio Fifty Four, yeah. this right. amazing eighties, which is kind of perfect club. for our show because we have the kind of opera esque aspect of yeah. of the show, and then we have things like Too Darn Hot and Tom Dick and Harry, which are very sexy and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, uh, I, I think the. That's a great. It's a great space for it. Now that we talk about it, yeah. No, I, these are all things I'm just reflecting on as I'm thinking about about being there. But um, what is small opera house? Also, <laughs> the tiny yeah. little opera house. Well, that's you know, it's interesting you say that because most of them in Europe are small, like yeah. that. I mean, and people much more they like to sing opera in those kind of opera houses where it's intimate, not mic'd, but really resonant and stuff like that. As opposed, to, we're all used to the Met, so it's too big. Yeah. That's true. You know, I remember I went to the opera house in Prague and was like, "This is the best. It's like a little jewel yeah, box yeah. kind of situation." Um, well, I feel like Kiss Me Kate is the kind of show that what if you're a theater lover and 
living in the present moment, you hear a production is happening and your first reaction is like, yes, like so happy they're bringing it back. And then you're like, wait, am I allowed? Hmm? Am I allowed to like it now? So like this show now. Is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and, and we'll get to the, to the very subtle ways that I think uh, this production feels attuned to this moment. But when you, how did you all come to the show? And when you heard Kiss Me, Kate, were you immediately like, I'm, I'm bored no matter what? Or did you want to have kind of more of a discussion about it? Um, I mean, we did the concert and it's interesting uh, when it went 2016. 16, yeah. And when you get called to do those kinds of things, you know, it's going to be a one off in your head. You're not even thinking about the future of this piece. You're like, yeah, Kelly's doing. Oh, yeah, I'd like to go do that. And you're kind of doing the straight ahead version of Kiss Me, Kate. But you're with music stands and a little choreography. But in general, it's just a, a celebration of the piece and the score, basically, is when they do those concerts. And then when you start talking about doing a production, then it becomes about, oh. All right. So beyond the big, how do we do it in 2019? What does that mean? How are we going to reinvestigate this piece? Does it deserve being reinvestigated? Does it deserve to be done? Deserve? I'm not a huge fan of that word, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you dive into talking about, you know, with Scott, especially Scott Ellis and how we're going to make it different than what came before. And not just because we want to make it different, but how can we and then how do we hold up this conversation in 2019? How do we do that and, and without going into too much detail because I'm sure we'll get there with the changes that we made the little tweaks and stuff um, I was intrigued but after talking with Scott knowing Kelly was going to be on board it was like oh this I think there's something still wonderful about it to find out and to investigate and change if we need to tweak if we need to but not whitewash and that's certainly why I said yeah you know mm -hmm. a year mm -hmm. and a half ago or whatever it was <laughs> I I said yes, knowing you two are going to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I had worked with Roundabout uh, about three years ago for Holiday Inn, and uh, Scott Ellis had also come on board to to help with some of the, just some of the scene work and some of the book. And um, he had said, you know, at some point we hopefully we get to work together again. And they they approached me about this one. Will was already on board. Kelly was already on board. Scott was on board. Warren Carlisle was on board. I mean, I, I, I think I'd be crazy to say no. So. We're like, what even is this like, show? I don't care. Like, really? What? I don't care what show we're doing. Right. I'm, 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 I'm doing this show. And it was a good decision. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think I think when we did this in in December of 2016, uh, it was a month after a lot had changed in our country, and but it was before uh, January 20th. And we were having a lot of fun with um, just the score itself and doing this kind of fun one night thing that we barely rehearsed or anything. I think when the conversation really came down to making a production, like Will said, uh, as time kept get, getting pushed further and further back, all of a sudden 2019 was coming. It was 20 years exactly from the last revival with our heroes, Marin and mm -hmm. Stokes. And, um, and so much marination and resonate, uh, resonation of all this kind of stuff that's happening in, in our world, like it's all starting to really seep in. And um, it felt right to kind of go back and two things, go back and see what we can change, keep the things we can highlight, especially I'm talking about misogyny and, and the Me Too movement and all that in general, but also to bring some joy into the picture right now to bring some laughter, some just kind of simple laughter. Mm -hmm. um, that was in my heart 
it was a need for that for a minute. And it's a short run. You know, we're just here through June. But it feels really good to just be laughing mm-hmm. and and also to high, highlight some some grand misogyny and to, you know, to poke at it, poke fun at it and um, be angry at it and and try to give women some uh, backbone. Uh, anyway, so I, I think the timing is good. Well, before we talk about addressing grand misogyny, the, the laughter part of it, I think a lot of it comes from the uh, onstage relationship between the two of you, which involves a lot of kicking and punching. And I'm sort of curious how many bruises the two of you have from each other. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> Kelly finger. has a, yeah. a tiny yes. uh, bandaid on well, her Well, this finger. fingernail is coming off. I mean, it's, it's you that know. That got closed in a door. That was her own doing. That had nothing to do with <laughs> Well, actually, you Fred helped. Petruccio. You pulled the door the wrong way for the first right. time. So Will helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, no, but then you're the one that released me, I think, too. I so. think rehearsals was more bruise-worthy bruise yeah. than the actual he show. He had a huge bruise well, on the back of his fight, thigh for That fight used to be. We'd, yeah, it, we've fight, pared it down. It we used started to be ten minutes long, yeah. like something from the Matrix or something. Had, like, <laughs> at one point, she was going to pick up a bench and crush my skull, and Scott was kind of like, "Okay, I don't know that that makes any Not sense." Not an artistic Kate. <laughs> no, we had to get kind of you know Rick Sorley and Christian Sorley. They yeah. we had to get um, language. some language, yeah. and then we and then we picked what we wanted, and it, right. it seems to be more simple and succinct. But right. um, yeah, there's a lot of bruising. There's a lot of physical. My hands in general are just getting beat up from. Yeah. I think I slammed seventy five doors. <laughs> I mean, Corbin. Corbin dances upside down. I mean, our bodies are all. Yes. I mean, you. We'll we can we can complain, but you're doing three of the most major. You know, Tom Dick and Harry, yeah. Jim Hot, and I know. Beyonce. I know. You're doing three of the. I think some of the best choreographed and oh, best awesome. dancing so I've ever seen. The, the, the choreography yeah. is incredible. I mean, for, for me, that was you know talking about again why why I did come on board. You know, for for me. It's so interesting because everybody who comes to see the show, there there really is so much going on. I mean, in b- between the storyline you have between the two of them, but then you also have almost almost in an entire separate world, um, too darn hot, and 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 the storyline that goes on between um, Bill Calhoun and and um, Lois and uh-huh. Lois Lane, uh, played by Stephanie Styles. Um, there's. A, a different type of comedy there's there's a lot more uh the, the choreography and the dancing um for for me I, I kind of always grew up in in the world of of dance dance has always been my 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 heart and my soul and um knowing that i would be able to do these these particular numbers that was a a, a big calling for me and i have to say that i saw like the cutest thing on your Instagram from huh. when you were like, I it might have been when you were doing Singing in the Rain, but when you posted a picture of yourself as a little, little oh, Corbin. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah with the umbrella. And I know, as a, yeah. no, as a dance fan, it was so great to see you were like, boys, go to ballet class. Like, it'll pan out for you one day. <laughs> <laughs> now look oh, at him, he's great. dancing on the ceiling. Now he's literally <laughs> dancing on the ceiling. It's such a, but it's fun to his point, you know, it's very old school musical to have. The the book scene, then the book song between the 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 romantic leads, and then we have the ingenues that are going to dance their asses yeah, off I mean, and do all this work. I was uh, we would sit out in tech, and I would just get me going. Corbin say no, because because Warren will if <laughs> if Corbin and Corbin will do anything. Anything, yeah. I mean, that was what was amazing was throughout rehearsals to watch. Warren go, oh, now we're on set. Oh, now I've got stairs. Oh, now I've got three levels of stairs. Corbin, you, can you jump off the side? Right. <laughs> I'm going to have him do this. I'm like, Corbin, just just stop. He's going to have you flying through the audience at some point. <laughs> but but we would we would be in rehearsal. And for the first two weeks, Kelly and I literally sat around a table like this and talked to Scott 
um, Ellis and our Shakespeare coach for like two weeks. And at roundabout, there's two studios. And then upstairs would be the ensemble dancing. Like falling off. on the so, ground. So sweating. Warren Carlyle would come downstairs and go, oh, just come up and uh, come up and watch um, Too Darn Hot. And we'd go up and watch Too Darn Hot. And with them flipping. And then Kelly and I would be walking back downstairs going, so are you going to get that massage in your contract? Because <laughs> <Yes. Yeah. laughs> I'm exhausted. Because I'm exhausted. Just watch. It was unbelievable. We felt like, we literally felt like we're doing nothing and they're doing something. So it's, like so it's like Circus Soleil upstairs. And yeah. we're like, so anyway, not even true. I think the I true kill. Said, I actually said last night, it doesn't matter. And I think there's this in every show. It doesn't matter what you do, how you start the show. If you're a good show, there's one moment when the audience sits back and goes, okay, this is good. And it's always <laughs> Tom, Dick, or Harry. So the whole time, like the first, we open the show, right, there's several right. songs, Wunderbar, So in Love. <laughs> but once Tom, Dick, or Harry starts, we're in. With the audience. Mm -hmm. in, Doesn't mean the rest of the show's not good, the but The King it, and I yeah. was the children's march. We're in. They love children. You know, if, if there are puppies, we're in. <laughs> for, for us, it's the dance numbers. Well, yeah. I was going to say it's a good show if there's one number you watch which with a mixture of entertainment and, like, worry, which is sort of <laughs> how yes. I watch you. At all times, I'm like, this is amazing. And also, I'm like, is he going to fall? Is this you passed? Yeah. yeah. Bianca terrifies me every night. <laughs> no, there's, there's never been a night that... And I've never had a show where I'm up until this point, however many months through, I'm still terrified before I walk out on stage. Most of the time, by the time I get to this point, I'm like, oh yeah, I got this, I, 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 got got this, this, yeah. I got this. And it is, it's in my body. But every time I get to that stair section, I, I have my heart, just the, the palpitations and the mini little panic attack that I have, specifically when I do the pullbacks down the stairs. Because if there's been nights where if I just miss Ugh. one, well, don't say little loud, little loud. bit. No, but it's just if I, there's, there's just one, if there's just one little bit, then it it just the whole the whole thing tumbles. And and you know there there have been nights where where it there's there's a mishap and you know you 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 find a way to catch it, but um. Yeah, it's That's so good. I, it, it, it's it's so it's, good. it's it's it's. I guess it's risk and reward. Um, although it's such a strange number to do because it when it's over, we end exiting into the dressing room. So I don't actually get to enjoy any, any of the applause, <laughs> any of the praise. Same, any same after So In Love reprise, I walk upstairs while yeah. I hear applause in the distance. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. It's, it, is, it, is, it is strange. It is strange to go do this whole number. And, and it's the, the, but, but we make up for that with Too Darn Hot because Ugh. that one we all end just burnt out after... And if you were to look in the wings, the, if you were to look floor. in the wings, pretty much the entire cast, crew, everybody it's is fun. watching it's every night. Watching. Yeah, is every night. And yeah. then afterwards, the are you just like passed out on the floor? Yeah, we we hope that the audience just keeps applauding so we can catch your breath. We can catch your breath <laughs> for a little Somebody bit longer. Somebody recently came and said one of their favorite parts was to watch the the heaves of the chests of the bodies lying on the floor. All in unison. <laughs> when it, after it ends, yeah. during the clap, yeah. all, everybody's going. That's when, you know it's, and, that's when you know it's Broadway. And you know it's real stuff. Broadway. <laughs> well, this all started because I w was wanting to ask about the, the chemistry between the two of you. Mm. And obviously, I think a lot of things on stage that look spontaneous are very planned right. behind the scenes. I mean, did the two of you immediately have this repartee that seems so natural? Or did, do you kind of talk through like, what is the relationship these two people have and how are we going to reflect that? I mean, all of the, stage, I yeah. mean, those are two different yeah. kind of things, all mm -hmm. of the above. We, we go way back, we go way back. but we <laughs> love each other way back. I mean, we like from the get go when we, the first thing we did, I just remember the first time 
knowing I was going to do something with Kelly O'Hara, I was like, oh my gosh, that's going to be amazing. I wonder what she's like. Then you get into the rehearsal room and realize she's a big goofball. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I love her even more now. I could care less what we do on stage. <laughs> and then we've done a bunch of things together. And I think that only feeds the way we worked yeah. um, in this piece specifically. But and we've talked about this before, but then you get on stage in a given night and I know that, and I know people say, oh, I trust this person, but I know she understands my insecurities and understands what I'm great at and not great at on a given night or my personal life or whatever. And I know this person really does have my back. And that's that, you know, I don't know that that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing, the best mimicry is not exactness, it's humanity, you know? And so mm. I think if we learned about our, our, the characters we do and it's on pay on the page, but so, so, so little is actually written about exact elements of relationships. You know, there are, we have the lines, we have our history, we know kind of who we are, you know, where we, we might talk about like where we're born and where, how did, how did we meet even if right, we, right. but really what you, you are into ultimately seeing is Kelly and Will having shenanigans on stage <laughs> together because that's how to make Fred and Lily human and, and, and close because Will and Kelly are close. Um, I'm not going to take away from the true sense of acting, where if I met someone the first day, we would have lots of that that journeying to do, and we'd find it. And that's how I've done it with many of my co-stars mm -hmm. who I didn't know beforehand, you know, Palajad, and I, I, didn't, I didn't meet them until I was playing the role. So you find different ways to have your chemistry and to have your familiarity. But I would say this one in particular is super fun and comfortable and easy because we walked in the door having about 15 plus years right. or whatever of, of knowledge. And doing a comedy too, if I know in a moment that Will can make Kelly laugh, <laughs> or then it's not like I don't care if the audience thinks it's funny. As long as as long as we're on the same wavelength and it's funny to us, that I feel like that means something. And I think that really translates, you know, into the stuff that totally. we're doing. Totally. I mean I totally I, I think something happened to me along the way. Uh I realized that I maybe in King and I because it is such an ensemble piece, really, the children, the mothers, the wives. and But I, I don't know when it happened that I stopped performing for the audience and started being for the people around me on the stage. Mm. Um, and I, I have to assume that it's made me a better artist to be that way. I don't know. I, I hope. But it feels right. It feels right to be totally invested in Will Chase and that you're, you're getting a glimpse of it or mm. you're getting to peep in on it rather than acting to you like mm -hmm. I love him or that I enjoy him mm -hmm. or that he's charming. Um, it, I remember thinking that actually on stage one time, almost forgetting during King and I that, that there was even an audience. And it was this summer because the Palladium, the audience is so far away. And I remember I'm here, I'm just with Ruthie and these children and these other women and we're having a moment together and they're, they're spying on it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I know we're doing theater, so it's not film. And so it's, it is more presentational in certain ways, but the moment I started to really invest in that accidental idea is when I started to have more fun. You know, so if you come see Kiss Me Kate, just know that Kelly could care less about you. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How, I was going to ask how Doing far... Doing it for the audience. <laughs> how, how far back do you guys go? How did you... When did you first work together? Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes. In Oklahoma. In Oklahoma. Um... <laughs> I feel like we might have met before, but we did a production of Oklahoma in 2007 for the centennial birthday of the state. Uh, we played Laurie. And, with a cast With of, a centennial. A cast of It millions. just came right out. With a cast was, of millions. It was, it was a, a it huge, was the, huge yeah, production. Oklahoma it was a celebration of that statehood's birthday, um, which the show yes. is about statehood. Yes. The statehood. And, he, you know, we, we met together and we immediately had yeah, the craziest blast. And uh, and then over the years, gosh, we did, we've done Bells Are Ringing. Yeah. We've done several readings together. Uh, and nice then nice work if you can get, you get it, it yeah, you yeah. came in. So we, we've had a, a blast together and we knew we would. And um, we've just recently decided we were really, we were, we were right. We were right. And it's fun too with Kelly in general. She she has such a steeped history in, you know, the Rodgers and Hammerstein canon, that type of singing, that operatic, for lack of a better word, style. And she's even done opera. And, and we also approached this holding up that last revival, which was amazing. But, you know, she and I both come from the world of how can we make this different? How can we, you know, what's in the text that allows this to be different? We wanted to approach these characters with every production I've ever seen is Fred and Lily are exactly the same as Pedrico and Kate. So mm-hmm. the stuff that happens between these two in the piece, then they're off stage doing this. Mm-hmm. We wanted to, well, we got to find this love story or this piece is pretty much you know, it doesn't make any sense. Why do these people want to be around each other, even though they seem like they don't want to be around each other? And mm-hmm. I think we've, I think, I feel like we do that. I feel like I do want to be around you. That whole first scene is odd that we're at odds with each other, completely, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. taking the, the mick out of each other. But mm-hmm. I want to be in the room with you. You want to be in the room with me. And I think that's what the show's about, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for Sunday. <laughs> well, since we've been talking so much about the kind of variety of, Another fighting. Sorry, actually, we, we, have, actually, we, we have a per, right we now. have an inside joke. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm listening. Um, I was just going to say that since we're talking about the variety of genres of music you go through just within the show, oh, even yeah. three mm. songs, like you were saying Jeez. before, Corbin, um, and that's to me part of what is so wonderful about Cole Porter. And want to talk about Cole Porter. Um, I think sitting whenever I hear a Cole Porter score, I'm always amazed by a just how modern it sounds mm-hmm. um, and b it, how much it makes me think of the composers who have kind of followed him. I listen to him and I think of Sondheim, mm. I think of Gershwin, mm-hmm. like I, I think of all sorts of anyone who is a smart songwriter who cares about words and um, is more than just clever. But you can tell really cares about like sort of the craft of writing. Um, he makes me think of. So tell me a little bit about from from your character perspectives, what is the best thing about Cole Porter and singing his music? Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I've, with Cole Porter, I've always felt like he, he puts all of his ideas on the page. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he's very um, extra. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so extra. Well, and, and he, the, what, there's, there's, there's a beautiful thing about it if, if it can be done well 
Um, I and I think that's that's what one of the most amazing things, but also can be a pitfall with with Cole Porter. Um, and it really just to me is just a testament to yet again how incredible this cast is because I, I I look at a number um, like Always True to You. Uh, that it just it just it it just keeps going. It just keeps going on, on and on. Or or where's the life that late I led? Right. Um, that it's just verse after verse after verse after verse. And and will when you you do that number, there's 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 not a moment where I'm going. When is this number gonna end? <laughs> because because Cole's writing is so witty, you have to find those moments and 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 continue to make it new and keep it fresh and and, and keep each idea pushing forward and and you you do that so beautifully mm, mm-hmm. um so i it's i i i think that cole porter is 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 a, a brilliant writer and he requires brilliant performers um yeah the, lyri- you, the if, lyrics and the i mean just the, yeah i mean you mentioned sondheim for me lyrics and and music melding i mean and this show in particular with the amount of different styles of music is insane there's not a score like it Mm-hmm. And I and I know everybody says there's not a score like it when the show that they're in, but there's really not a score that does. I mean, another opening, another show is the quintessential Broadway song. Period. Another mm-hmm. opening, another yeah, show. Tears yeah. it, it, every night, and I stand in the back and get to watch it because I'm watching everybody do it. And then you have operetta, you have um, jazz, you have jazz, you have music hall, you even have this little medieval, um, you know, the the Italian. The, the, you have it's, the. It's, it's really unbelievable. Yeah. And then I was thinking about the things. Tom Dicker Harry is very, <laughs> you said modern. I mean, it's very kind of like you hear the the giggles still. Yeah, it's, it's oh, yeah. super and inappropriate. We, me and my dresser joke during, while you're out there working for, Bianca, for Bianca. We always joke. So he's written a poem about a fictitious character and he's pronouncing your name wrong. Wrong, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I love that Porter, I love that Porter's like, nope, this yeah. is totally going to make sense. Yeah. And it does and it's this entertaining, wonderful yeah. thing. The, 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 the lyrics in the show are insane and you're right, there are 300 verses in every song but the lyrics are so, I mean, Brush Up Your Shakespeare is just, you know, mm-hmm. very witty of the time, obviously, right. in the 1940s. But um, still, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, the lyrics and the the lyrics are crazy. But the the different styles of music, um, you know, I think about this sometimes. When did Most Happy Fella come out? Was that later? Yeah. OK, because they must have tried to I'm not going to say they copied, <laughs> but the idea that you have like a country song and a jazz song and then an operetta song like uh, Sposalizio right, and all right. that, you know, they, it must have been so uh, intriguing to people that Cole Porter said, I'm just going to put it all out there mm-hmm. and make this so that we go on this journey that is just exciting and it never stops. Um, you know, my relationship with his music, it, was, it started so interesting. I mean, I've listened to him all my life, but um, different recordings and definitely the pop versions of it um, that my grandparents played. and But when I was in, I had just finished like South Pacific or something and I did a, a tour with the Boston Pops. We were in Florida. And, was, and then I did it with the same the same set with Marvin Hamlish and the S- Seattle Symphony. And someone in, in the Boston Pops said, oh, we know exactly what your voice type is. So we've chosen all the music for you. Hmm. We're certain of it. And I said, great, great. So I get it all. And it's all been, they've all bought all the arrangements. So there's no changing it. Mm-hmm. So it's all the alto stuff. I'm singing Anything Goes. Oh, no. And then I go, always true to you, darling. Tom, Dick, or Harry with a little ensemble of men. Please. Um, is the there only recording? one, the only one I, I did, they had So in Love, but they had it in the lower, the Marin key. Oh. So they did get me the original key so I could sing mm-hmm. it up in my normal. But I mean, 
did I sing so nice to come home? Well, I can't remember what the, the one I sang with Marvin, but we ended up having to do that with piano because I needed the key to change. But I, so I saw, I've sung a lot of the whole canon. I really have. And I, and then of course, uh, Jason Daniel was on that tour with me and he sang all the other stuff and he sang. Right. So I, I learned so much of it in such a kind of a deep nerve wracking way. And I remember just thinking, this is crazy, amazing stuff, like all over the board. These lyrics, times have changed. You know, uh, <laughs> those lyrics in anything goes. I mean, we could sing yeah. that today, but with a little bit of a different context. Right. And you just think this this man was so forward and so smart. And um, and I think of one singular song that I never really heard as a kid, which is I Hate Men. Yes. And. Mm. If nothing else from this show, we have we have a lot of young young audience, especially young girls, come for the reason across the table from me, Corbin Blue. But we have oh, we had a, this side of the no, no, it's way over there. No, 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 I no but they are they are screaming for that number, and I, we've changed none of those lyrics. Yeah. And some mm -hmm. of them seem a little old fashioned when I say you know something like, you know, uh, like the first verse or something. But but. The man, he's going to tell you he's he's in, on, in town on business, but is the business is the business that he gives his secretary. You know, mm -hmm. and these things are the, the kids are screaming for it. The older couples are yeah. twitching in their seats. <laughs> uh, and it's it's really funny to me that he wrote that. And if I sing it straight, it is it is a it feels like to me, not the performance or anything, but the song itself feels like a a change maker in the times that we're in that a woman mm -hmm. Without singing crazy or, dis yeah. or dismissive, like I mean, that's why it's so. That's why you're shrew. so great. Yeah, but if you just sing it, no. But I feel like it makes people nervous. <laughs> I mean, even in 2019, and because people just didn't, you didn't do that. You can sing "I'm So in Love" and and you'll, you know, people can swoon or whatever they want. to Or like do, you but. said, you can sing it and be a crazy. Well, I think the way quote, it's been true, done, especially but the, in the fact night. that you're singing it straight and a matter of fact, is so it makes people great. really, yeah, it almost makes me nervous. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, am I? But but I don't. I, I lean into it, but it's not really funny. Even is what I'm saying. It's a little bit like, oh, she just, oh, she's right. <laughs> uh, Look at these. But he songs. wrote them, yeah. and, and back, you know, back. I could see where, and maybe one of the reasons I never knew the song that well is because it's always sung like, I hate man in the bar, you know, yes. and it's like, oh, I'm just a crazy person. So whatever I say doesn't even make sense. <laughs> well, it does. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like, ouch. And listen, I remember, yeah, you know? I remember in, in rehearsals before the door opened up and there's all the men in the pub. Yeah. Before we got to that, or yeah. we had done it once. Yeah. And I remember you having, not trouble, but with that last line, what will we do without him? You, and I remember you and Scott talking for like a half hour going, I've just sung this song about I Ain't Man, but then I'm going to go, but guys, what will we do without them? Yeah, I couldn't stand that line. And then yeah. you went back and opened the door again. And, and one of the go throughs went back and opened the door and it was like, right. We, we chose uh, you're asking a rhetorical well, we, we question. Chose sarcasm. Yeah. Right. Yes, chose, we chose and sarcasm. I, I was like, oh, that's so perfect. good. But yeah. what's interesting too, in this particular way, um, if I apologize when I'm singing it, like, and I don't mean apologize. Literally, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if there's any kind of nervousness or apology, which there is on like on a Sunday when I'm feeling sad or or you know whatever mm -hmm. it is, if I come out and I'm like I hate men and you know there's just there's not a confidence about it, it doesn't something doesn't work. And mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, and Scott said, I'll give you a few examples if you don't have men to date, because <laughs> I said I don't hate all men. I mean I love my husband. You know I had a pretty good you know I got a great brother. You know, um, 
but but if if I you have to mean it, and you have to just stand there and mean it, and it it makes people squirm. But it's the only way this all works. Well, and Kate yeah. and Kate deserves to get to Kate of well, all people get, deserves to get to say this because yeah. the guys that have just left the stage have just. You know, but negotiated, sold me off, negotiated sold me off, said secrets, told secrets about so me. So she gets to sing whatever she wants. Yeah. 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 You you asked about the difference or you said something about the characters being the same and not separated. Yeah. See, my biggest thought and the only way I can make this make sense is that Kate is a woman that everyone calls a shrew, but she is the one with the voice. She has the reason to be angry. And what she is saying is true. And so she is the strongest one. Lily has been treated, has been coddled and uh, babied by men. She's an actress. She's, uh, um, she depends on them. She doesn't quite know where her anger, how to voice her anger or her frustration. And she's needy in certain ways. And Kate gives her the voice. Yeah. I was just going to say that that song and Kate in particular, it's like truth teller is what it is. And <laughs> yeah. it's a truth telling song. And Lily has to kind of put on a different face depending on who she's with because yeah. of her circumstances. But when she but, but when Lily comes out dressed as Kate to be to be very angry with with Petruca, for with Fred for the flower situation, she beats her up as Kate. Yeah. You know, she finds <laughs> her voice, you know. So I use them in tandem, not necessarily <laughs> as individual, I mean as the same. According to my needs. Uh, that's yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say with, with relation to the music, too, as a sign of what a little theater nerd I am, I was like, I was very excited to look up to the the pit in the sky and see Paul oh. Gimignani, oh. Um, and uh, who, for people listening who don't know, is Sondheim's longtime music director. And uh, it's interesting to see him in a non-Sondheim context. Yeah. <laughs> this might be the first time I have. Um, but how much does having a music director kind of of that caliber make a difference for you all as as you're going about singing this for, challenging me show? Well, it's, for me, it's a dream just because I've known who he is since I was in, in in college and wanted to when I was a conductor, wanting to be him. And then when I became an actor, I was like, well, I want to at least work with him. And then I got to do uh, Edwin Drood. But it's like otherworldly because he's like you don't know Paul, you think, oh, he's very intimidating and scary. Then you know him, he's a teddy bear, but then he's very intimidating yeah. and scary. <laughs> and, and, and his knowledge, and he's a former drummer too, as am I. So there's this innate kind of thing. It doesn't mean he doesn't know, you know, what instruments play what. And he has this, he also loves, loves, loves actors and loves mm -hmm. theater. And not every musical director is like that. And he just loves he gets to pick and choose whatever he wants to do. Mm -hmm. Paul Gimignani does. Mm -hmm. And Scott was like, kiss me, Kate. He loves this score. He did the revival. Yeah, right? he did the 20 years, uh, ago. 20 years ago. And you can just tell he loves and he wants people to hear this score. He wants people to hear world class singers sing it. And he constantly tells us that. But he his he'll give me acting notes, meaning he'll come to me. He'll go, I think if you um, did this on this line or this lyric, and it's like, oh, yeah, he approaches it from an, an acting place which again all mu musical directors don't so i love looking up there mm. and seeing him behind those glasses and that baton and he's yeah. just a hero he's a hero of mine he really is it, it's powerful to work with someone who has uh, experience gives you power and you can misuse it or use it in a beautiful way and paul just sits back and he's like he's just done it enough mm -hmm that he just doesn't overthink anything. And he doesn't allow you to. He's like, whatever. 
you know, you walk in the room, but, but I don't know if this is the right key. We'll change it. Yeah, yeah. But what oh, if I don't? I know. Have, I know. Well, tell, tell me later. Well, what about? Well, we'll work on it then. You know, and he literally <laughs> yeah. sits like he sits just with his arms crossed, and he's just watching. And you'll say, "I'm not feeling well. I'll play louder. You know, I'll play louder. Or whatever it is, he just has an answer for it yeah. because he doesn't sweat anything anymore. He just says, "We're fine." Everything's fine. He looks kind of immovable up there. Yeah, yeah, and like no. just like he's there and he's like doing his thing. Yeah. And that's how he is from from jump. And and Will, what you said, if you don't know him, which I've never worked with him, he scared the shit out of me <laughs> from day one. Yeah. And and it, I love him to death now. He is he he really really does care about the music and as and and for, and for the performers. And I I feel like it was it wasn't until we it was once we started working on Bianca. And I started tapping and he was he he was just into it all of a sudden. It was like the the, the music of the musicality of, of this, this yeah. the rhythm, the rhythms of the taps. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, matching with the rhythms of, of the the drums, he he just got into it. And all I, I just felt like this this change. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're we're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 He's um, the perfect he combo. Did. He's the perfect combo for me of a. And I hate the word purist, but he's the perfect combo <laughs> of somebody who really understands the piece and what the intention was. But along what Kelly was saying, but if we need to change the key or we need to change this thing, then we can. So it's this marriage of theater is live and living and happening now. Mm -hmm. But we're also doing this piece that exists, and we owe it to. Co-porter, the original orchestrator, and all this mm -hmm. stuff, and I love that they both can coexist. Because I've met purists that nope, we're doing exactly what was written mm -hmm. 150 years ago. Yeah. Or I've met people. So we want Fred to um, wear a clown suit. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I, so I like the marriage of, yeah. of yeah. him, mm -hmm. his modernism, and his purity. For lack, of we, we actually had a conversation about that with opera. So it's the reason I didn't want to conduct opera. I didn't want to feel like we couldn't evolve and right. change and grow and just right. yeah. and just feel, you know, what each individual singer might might how they might reinterpret it. He's just so laid back because he's good and he can be, he can afford to be. Um, it's been really special to We love you, Paul. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, I feel like I mean what you just said, Will, about the sort of blend of modernism and purity that yeah. he brings out, that really speaks to the production itself too. And mm. it sounds like your approaches to the roles that mm. they're are moments when just singing it straight and doing it straight speaks volumes on its own because of like what's on the page. Yeah. And there are other moments when there's an opportunity to sure. do something a little mm -hmm. bit sure. uh, more noticeable. And that's why Scott Ellis is great too, because Scott's great at finding those. Let's dive into what we know is real and, and there on the page and then stuff that we can, like you said, investigate and reinterpret. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's two, two things that I'm just not thinking that Paul did in our show that are pretty for me. The last song that had to be completely really rewritten, Amanda Green, with the lyric, because, other, I mean, we can't come out and I can't sing in a soprano, high soprano. I am ashamed that women are so simple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, let's put our hands under the feet of our love. Right, you know, right. we changed everything. And then I, I'm still singing in that key. And there's somehow no strength to it. There's no mm. purpose to it. It's still weak. I mean, not because of a soprano, but because just the way it's written, it's, it was written to be very, very light. And Paul's like, I'm dropping it like a fourth. And he put it into my speaking voice, which I don't sing for the rest of the show. I don't mm -hmm. sing like that. Mm -hmm. I sing higher. I sing lower. But I don't sing in my my person's voice. And I come out and I say, I am ashamed that people are so simple in mm -hmm. that tone. And that was Paul. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I knew I had, he had my back, his fingers in a door. I didn't know what to do. I slammed my finger on the door. 
the the show stops. Um, I've never had to do that before, but I said, like, I need help. I need help. And when when Will releases me from the door, uh, I didn't know what to do. And I turned around and I just started to sing. And Paul. Right on it. The music, the orchestra was with me. Not the second note. It was with me when I began to sing. <laughs> Whoa. As if we had planned it. Wow. So he's telepathic. Well, I don't know. Hey, kind of. I don't know, but I, I, I will so. never forget yeah. that. I will never forget that, that it was a confusing time to have to stop a show. But you don't want to have to like, audience, excuse us. We're going to take a break. You don't want to have to do that. And you don't know how to get back into it. And the, the audience erupted in mm -hmm. applause because he was like, go. Like he just he was yeah. I could, he was yeah, like a hawk. He's never not watching. You can look no. up there at him and he's no. never not. He's. I mean, he might be watching like this. But yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's watching he's ready. the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he watches the fight call every night. I, I mean, he's totally immersed. He just sits there and he wants to be part of it and he loves it. And now we have a son. Yes. It's yes. a good, happy place. Yeah. Who is a brilliant mind as well. Yeah. So. Well, I, maybe I should just have a Gem and Yanni focused podcast. You should. I'm thinking. I'll come. Can I come? It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a party. Well, thank you so much all for coming. This is super fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. Thanks. Kiss Me Kate is playing at Studio 54 on Broadway, and it was recently extended through June there. Uh, and the show will have a uh, cast recording of this Broadway cast with Ghostlight Records soon. If you like Billboard on Broadway, please subscribe on iTunes. Uh, give us a nice review or some stars if you feel so moved. You can also find us on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, among other platforms. If you would like to find me on social media, I'm at Rebecca Millsoff on Twitter. I'm at YouDownWithRMM on Instagram. And you can use hashtag Billboard on Broadway to express your opinions about the podcast. Hope to have you back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.